As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. What up, YouTube? I'm just here in my garage. Just one part of the multi-million dollar home I just bought. Like, no big deal. Everybody's always coming up to me and asking me how I can afford all this. But, you know, I always tell them it's not the money you've made so much as the knowledge you've gained from that experience. Plus, recording myself watching people watching other people on YouTube really pays off. Behind me, you can see my new Lamborghini. Uh, what say we uh, get on in and have a little spin? Okay, well, it's not starting. Well, you know, it's not about a car working or not, so much as the knowledge you gain from that experience. What up, YouTube? Here in my library. You can see behind me some books, lots and lots of books. Now, some of you haters out there have been saying I haven't read any of these or that I don't even read at all. Let me show you how wrong you are. Let's see, there's this passage I like here. All right, it goes like this. The great... Phenomenon? Phenomenon? Divers? Naturi? Bangilzing? Whatever, you know, it's not what or how you read so much as the knowledge you gain from that experience. What up, YouTube? Here in my lab. 
As you can see, I've got lots of gizmos and tech stuff around me. One of the perks of being endorsed by all these crazy cool companies is they send me free shit. So I got this like robot here. His name's Todd. Hello. So uh, ever since you've been living here with me, Todd, like, uh, what do you think? I am realer than you are. Well, you know, it's not what a robot thinks about you so much as the knowledge you gain from that experience. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 19. Don't overthink it, folks. Welcome, wayward traveler. I've been expecting you. Stay a while and listen. Do y'all remember that guy from the Diablo days? Anyone here play Diablo? That crazy, grim, bloody video game of the 90s? It's not video game, Alex. It's a computer game. You're already old before your time. I know. I know. Welcome back, my friends. This is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which you're listening is the now. Give it to me now, loud and clear, baby. Man, I, I'm I'm in a jaunty, silly mood right now because you know we're we're keeping it cool this week. Yes, it's easy to get stressed out. It's very easy. It already was, and it got increased over the last few events. COVID for those who are watching this ten years from now for some odd reason. And it's uh it's worn and torn a lot of our precious senses. And sometimes when you're driven to your knees and battered around and bruised up by life circumstances. Sometimes a disease brings you to your knees. Sometimes you say please, and you still get enough of these bad times that feel like crimes. Jamming around between nickels and dimes. You hear that motor outside? I must confide. It's not the best space. But I'm part of the human race. All right, well, <clears throat> that's your Dr. Seuss portion of this show. Now we got uh, about 27 minutes to kill. Uh, no. All of that is to say, sometimes life is too goddamn crazy to do too goddamn much. And what do you need? You need a little... Mortal Kombat in your life. And yes, I just came from having seen the uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Now, I shouldn't have even said, you know, I shouldn't have said that I just came from that. Because it makes, makes it sound like I went to the movie theater. And I didn't. I did it, you know, at home on the old projector. Now, I could also say I just came from seeing Mortal Kombat. And those who are attuned to a really heightened sense of listening... I'll let the image play for your own self. Thank you. 
Dude, I had a blast. Mortal Kombat is exactly what I needed on a Saturday night. I'm like, I'm going to set this up like Al Pacino from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and, and kind of go for that character if you're familiar with them. And if not, just let the voice play on you. And Al, I hope I do well by you. So I got home and I decided I want to watch Mortal Kombat. Haven't seen a movie like that since the 90s. I sit down, I have a blood orange Italian soda, I light up a precious sativa joint of Jack Herrera, and I puff and take a nice inhale. And wow, let me tell you, Mortal Kombat in 2021, that's good. I had a blast, baby. What do you mean? Are you kidding me? You don't take it serious. You go in and you have fun. And to dovetail it into Quentin Tarantino land, as he once said to someone live on TV, because it's fun, Jan, get it. Don't overthink it, folks. It's Mortal Kombat with a K. And I love how, by the way, in the movie, someone points that out. It's like, they didn't even spell it right. (laughs) I don't know the reason for it. My guess is because it was the 90s, they thought they were cool by switching the C in combat to a K. Or there was some copyright issue where there was already some Mortal Kombat with a C. Who knows? But it's a fun world. And um, look, I'm a child of the 90s. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat means so much to me. They are part and parcel to a past. And um, they're almost like, you know, Beatles and Rolling Stones in terms of equally respected mainstream genre of what they represent. And in this case, these are, these are the rock and roll games of <clears throat> fighting. And they both usually have people who can cast fireballs and do incredible stunts and crazy moves. The thing that made Mortal Kombat unique is that this was a game we were playing and it got bloody as fuck in little something called Fatality. And uh, that's usually the last move that you can make on an opponent that you have defeated. And it's everything from tearing the spinal cord and head out of and off the body to manifesting your dragon avatar self to devour your enemy. Um, And man, they made a lot of them. And I think they're all pretty well respected. I must say, I only really got into the ones in the 90s, particularly the first three. But man, what a wonderful part of my past. And I have to say, I love the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Is that indeed 1995? Hold on a sec. Let me just check here. Oh yeah, 95. I know my dates. I, you know, it probably doesn't matter, but for me, I'm very much into that. I, I, I know movies and dates. I have a way of thinking that helps me deal with modern life. I have an intelligence. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, d- definitely, definitely Wapner. Def- de- definitely Wapner. Uh-oh. N- n- I d- d- 552. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Mortal Kombat, I remember seeing in the theater with shout out to you, Miles Frody, artist extraordinaire. This is a buddy who I actually reconnected with recently, and we were pals when we were about 10, 11, 12. Those years in which some of our favorite fighting video games were being adapted into mainstream cinema. And I love, still, Mortal Kombat 1995. Warts and all, because it ain't perfect. In fact, it wasn't perfect even back in the day. Whether you are now judging it for its probably mostly dated 90s-ness, or even in the day going, what the fuck is this shit? But my god, I... Okay, look, you have to understand something, people. Imagine you're a kid in the 90s, and you sit in the theater, and you're feeling, you know, a little... I mean, Speaking for myself, the year before, in 1994, Street Fighter was made into a movie. And I, I have to admit, sort of like, heart of hearts, I'm more of a Street Fighter kid. However, um... Mortal Kombat, I love, and you know, the yang, of a part of the heart that otherwise maybe the yin has of Street Fighter. Get on with it, Alex. So, Street Fighter the movie, it's fun, but a lot is wrong with it. I love me some Jean-Claude Van Damme, but it's just awkward to see him as Colonel Guile, like as America as fuck character. And here's General Guile, from Brussels, I mean uh, Texas, huh? And he is uh, saying he has one of the greatest lines in that movie, which is, "I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it." And uh, Lord bless you, JCVD, and. Shout out also to Raul Julia, who is an amazing M. Bison. The man was dying of cancer, and he pulled off an amazing performance as M. Bison. And I realize this episode is supposed to be about Mortal Kombat, so I can't spend too much time on Street Fighter. But the point is, I do remember at the time being very disappointed that that movie was made into more like a sort of action hero, mission accomplished espionage shoot 'em up movie not really the martial artist chan- you know cha- channeling uh the chi the what are they oh, the arcana uh just you know b- basically shooting fireballs at your palms come on that's what we're here for i remember that the ryu character in the street fighter movie did the action of hadouken did not say hadouken and uh all they did was have a camera flash effect. Like, literally, they, they made the, the whole screen for about a second flash. <laughs> like, like someone came in there saying, how about a close-up? How about a picture? It, you know, just like that. <laughs> and and you heard a little, like, kind of to it. And there, there, that was your fireball. Ugh. But then the next year, I'm sitting there. The lights dim in the theater. My buddy Miles and I were like, all right, here we go, here we go. And I'm getting a good feeling already. You know how you just, it's that moment. The fight, the breath before the plunge. And you go, what is this? Because suddenly you hear, 
Mortal Kombat! Fight. Are you out of your fucking mind? I was already like, yeah! I mean, just like going crazy. We were, uh, my friend and I, we were just like pumping our fists and we were like, this is fucking awesome already! And not only do we get a good send-up of all the characters we came to love in the video game, I know, I know, and then some purists are going to go, they barely did anything with Sub-Zero and blah, blah, blah. But, um, oh yeah, and the casting, all kinds of wrong in some cases. Uh, uh, there's, here, here's, actually, let me say one great casting that I defend. You have to give credit to Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. I think I'm saying his name right. And he played Shang Tsung. He also more recently played Tagomi in Man in the High Castle, the series. And... Man, I fucking love his performance. Like, your soul is mine. Fatality. And one of, one of my favorite moments is where he, he's summoning the spirits of Outworld, and you just see the whites of his eyes, and he just simply goes, It has begun! I mean, dude, he's so fucking great in that movie. And you know who's also great is uh, what I was alluding to earlier, which is the wrong casting choice. (laughs) And that's my man, Christopher Lambert, who's just always so goddamn fun. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Christopher Lambert is a wonderful actor. He is French, I do believe, or 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 he's from a province where they speak French. Okay, don't don't jump down my throat, but. He made his mark doing several roles in the 80s, not the least of which Tarzan and then real iconic Highlander. And I fucking love me some Highlander and we will Highland it up on another episode. But Christopher Lambert is famously sort of cast in roles that just are not uh, uh, nationality speaking wise really matching who he is. So like Tarzan, not a Frenchman. Uh Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod of Scotland and Highlander, not a Frenchman. And then Raiden, the Chinese god of thunder and lightning, fucking far from a Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he is uh Doing a great job, though, in that movie with just this kind of, huh, accent. He And, and as a result, he doesn't sound like f- super French, but he just has a kind of unplaceable accent in each movie he's done. And sure enough, as the god of thunder and lightning, he basically is like, the essence of Mortal Kombat is not about death, but life. And you're like, oh, okay, I believe you. A great soundtrack, super 90s AF, as some of the cool kids might and do say. And it's always been dear to my heart. So it was very important to me that they don't fuck up. I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't really have a dog in the fight because, you know, the first one is not perfect, but it is perfect for me. 
I mean, let's let's be honest, folks. The first movie is basically Enter the Dragon done differently. Uh, not even done differently. They, they, they even follow the idea that there's like three people, but the Bruce Lee character is Liu Kang, and, you know, you're going to fight many opponents. What I do like about it, though, is it's very much about, as Enter the Dragon is, is like you go to the island where there is a tournament. And so the scenes in the movie are all about this person versus this person. Fight! Now this one, at first I was a little worried because everything's trying to be Marvel mythology with all of these possible threads that you can make prequels and sequels off of, and they're trying to make like lore and mythology out of things that sometimes I feel like, no, 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 you can just make it, you know, this guy versus that guy and just leave it at that. But I gotta say, what they do with this new Mortal Kombat movie is pretty fucking fun. You gotta take it from that first scene where you get some legendary guys, and I'm sorry I don't know their names, but I love them. You got that one guy from the uh, the raid um, who is Sub-Zero. And you got that other guy, legendary Japanese actor, who is in uh, The Last Samurai, which is probably the worst example to give because I know he's done a bunch of iconic things outside of that. But but the point is, he's Scorpion, or at least, uh, well, you'll, you'll find out soon enough. I didn't spoil anything. You, you'll get it by what he's fighting with in the beginning. You're like, oh yeah, that's Scorpion. Jesus, I, I keep worrying about everyone's feelings, and I have to remember that there's probably about two of you right now listening to it, and one of you is going... You know, this guy really does need to see somebody. And then the other one saying, he does see somebody. And she's worked on him for 10 years, and he's still fucking crazy. So, there's no hope here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, this movie has a lot of fun with its characters. I gotta give a major shout out to the guy who played Kano. Oh my God, he was fucking great. This all this Aussie actor, and uh, <laughs> he's just the thing is that character Kano is sort of famously part of the game, but maybe not the best character. And also, you can do a lot with him because he's actually very terrestrial. He there there's some characters in Mortal Kombat that are on a near mythological level, due to the reason that they can often you know bend physics and do crazy things with supernatural powers or indeed sometimes they're half obscured by their ninja garb but uh kano is just a dirty mercenary who's like uh you know he 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 sells his weapons and his fists for for a lot of dirty shit and uh and he's it has no morals and he's so fun as a result because he kind of just doesn't give a fuck um, no, he was great. And, uh, so the movie had a lot of fun with itself and it definitely did do a bit of honoring of the nineties movies of, of the night. Well, there's two movies from the nineties and I kind of only include the first one. Cause I remember even in the nineties thinking in mortal Kombat annihilation, it was so funny. I was so young at the time. I thought I'd said inhalation. Oh, Alex. And, uh, cause you're right. It's like inhalation. Yeah. Cause you got to inhale that arcana, that chi, that power. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more into that very first one. 95 baby. It's crazy how 
more and more I start to feel that kind of like star metal of vintage I get to say so whenever I talk about the 90s because you know I wish sometimes I could say oh yeah back in the 80s because I was born in the 80s the thing about being born in a decade is chances are you don't remember much of that decade and because I was born minutes before 1984 I do I, I remember 1989 I do remember that my friends I have a clear memory of my mom confirming for me the date in 1989. Damn. Okay, so that's my 80s memory. But that's 89. We're on our way out. 90s. I'm proud to say I have a fresh and dear memory of that decade. In my own way. Because I didn't get into every token thing. Um, but some of them I did. Including Mortal Kombat. And this new movie. Look, it's no deeper than Godzilla versus Kong. And I fucking loved that too. Um, you know, again, as I said at the beginning here, sometimes it's about having fucking fun with just mythological bullshit like this that really doesn't have a stake in deepening your appreciation of the cinema. Which is funny because I used to be very anal about that. And I'm starting to loosen up, especially when I know exactly what I'm getting into. It's like, oh, kaiju battle? All right, let's lower the expectations. Oh, Mortal Kombat with a K? Come on now. Let's, let's, let's just have fun here. So if you like martial arts, oh, and if you like some shockingly brutal bloody scenes, because it's fatalities galore in that movie. Uh, just, you know, go in with a, with a strong stomach and uh, you'll have a blast. Now, the guy who recommended I even check out Mortal Kombat is a guy whose opinion I trust on the matter because he also is a kid of the 90s. And he's a friend of mine as early as the early 2000s. And we met in high school, and we've been pals since. And his name is Alec. Mr. Alec A. Head. And this man is a film aficionado, a mean guitarist, and a wicked lyricist on top of that. I mean, when I met the guy, he had Jesus-length hair and pretty much always had a guitar on him at some point. And you never knew where it came from, either. One minute you're talking and you'd, you'd turn to him and he would be going bing, 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 and tuning it and finding something and listening to it and playing it back to himself and crafting the sound as he goes. And nowadays, the man has his own band. It's called Ghostbound. I love that title. And it looks cool, too, when you look at it on their album covers. The font, the style, ghostbound. You see, Alec came on the frosty whirlwinds of a Victorian gust as it made its way through the valleys and beaches of Carmel. And he rode those winds into a coastal reverie. And the man carries with him that kind of winter magic in any climate you find yourself. 
And he comes in with that thundering beat of metal. And the man knows his metal more than I can meddle with. In fact, the man is made of metal. No, I'm kidding. That would be funny, though. This is Alec. Thank you very, very much. Uh, no, no. He, uh, he knows his death metal from his black metal to his gray and yellow and pink metal. Look, I'm not a judgmental man. I'll have lunch with anybody. No, he, he, he knows the full spectrum. And not just that, he just knows his music. The man is listening to three albums at once. He's watching two movies at a time. He's got five books on each finger. And he also writes the lyrics and sings the words and plays guitar in his band, Ghostbound. And my friends, he's just released an EP. What's that? Well, Cindy Lou Who, EP is an extended play. Oh, I know what that is. Now, Priscilla, we don't get into that here. Extended play. It's like a time-respecting album. If you're on the go, but you want to have a complete experience, that's when the EP comes in. It's five wonderfully woven tracks. And I dug the whole experience. Again, in that little Pacino moment, I, I sat down, I lowered the lights, I put on the headphones to make sure that both sides, the L and the R, were interchanging. I sparked a beautiful blue dream crossed with blueberry haze joint. And I realized for some of you, Weed purists out there, you're going to say blueberry haze is part of the ingredients in Blue Dream, but you try improvising what weed you're smoking in a thing you're coming off with the top of your head. And I smoked the joint and I got into the music, and let me tell you, I fucking loved it! There's a lot of beauty and melancholy and depth and scope, and memories, and projections, and gray, and blue, and black, as you see and feel in the ocean itself. And the name of this EP is Extended Play for My Sweet Merry Time. And I want to play for you all a track it was hard to figure out which track I wanted to play because, well, gosh darn it, they're all so gall darn good. But the one that spoke to me is a little something called Bosun's Lament. Now, that's not Boatswain's Lament, and well, about two of you got that, and one of you was most likely in a high school production of The Tempest. So we'll just leave it at that and leave the rest of the audience confused. And mind you, the rest of the audience has been confused since about a minute 32 since the start of the show. So, <laughs> nothing new there. I'm going to save my thoughts and images after we all hear it together. But please, whatever you like to do when you get into that space to dive into the sonic landscape of a good song, do it. And sit back. And let's take a voyage 
and get into that feeling of Bosun's Lament. Wrapped with 
That right there, Bosun's Lament by Ghostbound. And that's off their new EP, Extended Play for My Sweet Merry Time. I recommend the entire journey from start to finish. And I really should say the voyage, because that's what this experience is. Man, that, I, I love the harmonies. And, you know, that's, that's all Alec, I found out. Just probably making, you know, 16 tracks of his own voice. I don't know how many, but, you know, the, he, he did a beautiful surrounding globe of his own voice in those moments. Oh, there's so much excellent sadness in this song. And I, and I love this idea of feathers being plucked from these miserable sailors. It evokes some interesting imagery. What's that one? Let me just look at the lyrics here. Yeah, yeah. We open our mouths to catch the rain. Our muscles racked with aches and pain. We cannot look towards the light. Our sanity of flock of birds in flight. They pluck our feathers in the dead of night. We... The wayward souls are mourning. Dang. I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I almost see it as uh, seagulls being, uh, or just, you know, any kind. Any, not a seagull. Jesus, that's so lazy. What's that bird? It's a seagull. Let, let's get a little more creative here. A cormorant? An albatross? Albatross! Albatross! It could be, uh... It could be, uh... How about, um... A pterodactyl? Alright, too creative. The point is, there is this, uh... There's something natural 
being slave-driven by some evil operation on a ship. That's at least a feeling I get. I'm not sure if that's the complete picture, but I get this... You know what it reminds me of, really? Beyond the imagery of rowing and toiling at some rhythm that you didn't choose, that you nevertheless have to partake in as you row this ship to God knows where? Employment. Especially when you're in that drudgery of dreary employment. And you just gotta keep showing up and rowing that fucking ship. And they're plucking your feathers every day. Well, one of the ways we can row at our own ship's pace is helping each other out. And I recommend the whole experience, as I was trying to say before, but then I went on my own little... So, you can support Ghostbound on their Bandcamp webpage. You're going to see the info at the bottom of this episode. Buy their album. Support local artists. And when I say local, I don't mean next to you in your town. I'm talking about people who, like you and I, are trying to make a little carving of their own sense of joy in this uncoordinated and unplanned vibration of life. Yeah, sometimes they have the ship set out that you gotta row in, and then other times we have our own ships that we gotta keep sailing, because if we don't, we're only gonna be dead husks rowing other people's ships. So, help this man out in his beautiful vessel, the ghost-bound vessel. And go to the Bandcamp webpage, help him out, spread the word, and have a good listen. And may you voyage into an ocean that is made and is of your making. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.